Hey everyone, Chris here from FT After Hours with a bonus podcast for you guys. And this is uh, involving Stuart Warren from Hobby King. And as everybody probably knows by now, Stuart is leaving Hobby King, which is, I think, a big blow for everybody in the RC community. Uh, but Stuart reached out to us and wanted to come on and hang out, uh, do a podcast, do some bench flying. And he also let us in on that he had a new product coming out that nobody really knows about and said that uh, we could check it out and see it for the first time and talk about it a little bit. And we're like, well, heck yeah, let's do it. So uh, just so everyone knows, the audio isn't you know perfect. He was out at the flying field with his iPhone and a pair of headphones, but it was still cool to see some of the stuff he was flying. And the new product was a high-performance FPV wing that looked really fast and really cool. And we were excited to see that, and we did a live periscope on it. And it still should be floating out there somewhere if you want to do a little Google search and check it out. Um, after the flying, we just uh, did some bench flying and talked to Stuart about Hobby King and his time there and what the future holds for him. And it, I, th- I thought it was pretty interesting. The podcast is only about an hour long, but we, I know we would have went longer, uh, but they got in the car and they were kind of heading back out of the field and the cell phone service was kind of dodgy. So we kind of cut it a little bit short, but still, I think it's entertaining and it, uh, you know, gives you a little insight uh, with Stuart and his time at Hobby King. And I think you enjoyed it. So I'll quit rambling. Let's go to it. Here you go. So we are live. All right. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. uh, Thanks for joining us on Periscope here. We are live with a special bonus podcast here. As you can see, our guest here is Stuart Warren from Hobby King. And uh, we got some behind-the-scenes stuff going on here. And he's flying some things maybe you haven't seen. So come on and join us. Get your Periscope fired up. Ooh, listen to that thing. Roar. That thing sounds pretty nasty. And as you can see, yeah, he looks like uh, he's uh, flying getting, a huh? wing right now. Oh. I got it. I got it. You got it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, this is a... Uh, hi. Hello, everybody. Um, <laughs> sorry, we're Skyping whilst fighting between transmitters between me and Steve here. Um, but we've got it now. So I'm going to give you guys a, a fast, low pass. Low from the right. Near Stuart with uh, a wing. Oh, oh yeah. Oh Sorry, yeah, that was quite. I was quite close to uh, our club mate there. Um, but yeah, this is a wing that we've been teasing just a little bit. I'll bring it past again. Low left, right. This is on a. Uh, this is on Forest, but this is an old pre-production motor. You see, it's got unlimited vertical. Oh, wow. You can just see that. Yes. But what what I'm doing now at this stage is just tweaking the. Um, the, the the power system so it's going to get faster than this also i've thrown a magnet pretty much i think in this old sample it's been through a, a few trees oh, oh man wow can, tracks nice can you see tell us uh what size for cell uh yeah 22 2200 oh oh it's if you if you imagine the efx as a fpv race wing you've got this model here which i can't reveal the name of until Oh. Probably early next week, 
I'm going to see if I can bring it uh, low and slow. Just And this is just on idle now. You can hear the, the noisy yeah, motor on this one. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Well done. So, I don't know if you guys are picking that up there, but it's... No, we I got some. I, I got some high-vis tape on there. I always like to put, like, day-glow tape on these things. And so, I'm pretty much just riding it all the way in on the elevator there. So for you guys joining us, uh, if you happen to watch on Periscope here, uh, we are getting an exclusive first look at a new wing coming out here. And uh, Stuart's giving okay. us a little ride. Wow, that thing is low. low rate, oh, look at that. Low rate roll. Low rate roll, that one. So there's, there's a whole new di- dynamic in flying. Flying while periscoping and talking at the same time over a phone conversation. Oh, yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> Low right, left. Ooh. Trees. Trees. Can you give us any right, specs? Uh, it's it's fast. It will be faster. <laughs> um, it's yeah. If you if you follow the EF Extra, it's it's pretty much around that kind of spec. Uh, I won't okay. go into too many more details sure. now. Just gonna bring in for a landing right left. So right now I'm pretty much just just holding the elevator up. I'm gonna blip the throttle there and go into mid rates. Oh, a bit more bippy. Nice. So oh, that's just riding it in like that. Wow. There we go. All right now. Now how do we do this, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's walk over to there. I'm going to take my hat off. Um, that, that's Steve, by the way, everybody. Steve is the guy who will be taking over from me uh, as Durafly and Avios brand manager. So you'll see him uh, sometimes on camera, but mostly, hang on, if I do this. There we go. There you go. There we go. Mo- mostly on uh, behind the scenes, getting these things to market. So there you are. There's Steve. Very nice guy and a far better pilot than me. As proven by the fact that I've crashed more models than he today. <laughs> so, so that's going well. Um, so forgive me for a second. I'm just going to go through the normal post-flight routines. One second. Uh, we can do that, I guess, as we do that. All right, you're good. Now, remember, what you're seeing here is very pre-production. Uh, for one of the first mold samples. Been through a few trees, very, very rough around the edges. But yes, that was a, an exclusive. Um, oh, that is sweet. I'm sure, I'll be. I'm sure I'll be in trouble for that. But <laughs> that's fine. Well, it's not like they can fire you. <laughs> yeah, right. right yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I agree with that with the best intentions. Um, it's, it's. I love the teas. It's all about the teas. That is, uh, you know, it's, it's funny you talk about the teas because there for a Thanks, while, Steve. a lot of companies were actually yep. teasing stuff back in the day, and then they kind of got caught with where they had production problems or whatever, and and they got behind, and nobody does that too much anymore, teasing things. No, um, and I think there's a, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, yes, but B, there's an art to it. I think you've got to be confident in your offering and confident that no one's going to come along and like um, beat you to the punch kind of thing with release, which can happen. Mm-hmm. It's a risk you take. Yep. But it just it creates a lot of chatter about a product even before it's released. Yes. Um, we're, we're, I don't think I'd ever do what I did with the P40, which is talk about it a year before it came out. Right, right. Learned my, les- learned my lesson there. Steve's laughing. He gets it. <laughs> um, but... Uh, Certainly, uh, I, I, I'm all for the tease. That's 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 what I'm all about. Hopefully, Steve will continue that legacy. We'll see. Is that your one or mine? No, no, no. You can do that in the background if you want. Yeah. yeah? Okay. Sorry, we're just that's still fine. wrapping up here. Yeah. 
Uh, and this is how our workbench looks, by the way. This is the club bench. This is the PMAC club down at, um, in Sydney, uh, yeah, Western, Sydney. Western Sydney. Steve is actually head honcho here. Yeah, yep. No. Chairman, president? President. President. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, the field oh, looks well, amazing. It's, um, yeah. It's a really good field. They're saying yeah. how nice it looks. Yeah, yeah, it's a great little club. Uh, and members and a really good atmosphere. And you've got the Hobby King event here. On the 25th of March, yeah, coming up soon. One of the uh, a Hobby King Live event, uh, big yeah. big uh, thing for us, and we missed it last year in Australia. So we're coming back bigger and better this time round. And Steve uh, is again fully behind that, which is great. Uh, I'm just going to get a bit of bit of water. It's yeah. 30 degrees out here, so you've got to hydrate. Sure. Um, hang on. Just uh, giving Steve a model memory selection on there. Just bear with me. Sorry, this must be really <laughs> boring. Hey, you can look at the field. Whilst- <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to go through this. It's not a it's, problem. Uh, uh, while you're doing that, we'll just kind of fill everybody in. You kind of hit us up a uh, little, little, not last minute, but we were trying to work out the details of us getting in uh, some kind of studio here. Why, you know, our time change is like 14 hours or something. Really. 16. 16 yep. hours. And so for us to try to podcast and you, you know, have, uh, be able to fly in the daylight, you know, we had to coordinate a little bit and get, get our ducks in a row. So. You know, we're down yes. here uh, at uh, 8.30 here in the evening, and it's probably sometime in the morning there, I take it. It's just gone noon. Oh, it's noon. So, uh, yeah, uh, we had to get a little coordination going, and, and you know, you were wanted to you know, show some new stuff or tease some new products, and we're like, heck, yeah, if, you know, whatever you want <laughs> us to do, whatever, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to do it. So, yeah, it worked out. So, um, I guess, you know, uh, was there any, you know, was there more stuff or, or things you wanted to talk about or, I mean. There, there, there are, there's things right here. I'm looking at it that I'd love to show you. Andre knows what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and you do too, Chris. Yeah. Uh, but I, I got to leave some surprises for my I, last week. I agree. Uh, we did yeah. get a, a little sneak peek of some stuff. And all. It, 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 you can hear it. It's going mm. up right now. Yeah. Sounds gorgeous. Oh, man. <laughs> So speaking of that, how uh, – I guess we'll get right into it. Uh, sure. I mean, how has that been for you, Stuart? I mean, you, you know, it's um, – I watched a bit of your, your uh, interview with Matt yesterday. And, you know, the, and we all saw the video when you guys were talking. And, you know, the, the undertones and, and, and the emotions seemed to be very prevalent there, my friend. I'm, a, I'm an emotional guy. What can I say? <laughs> well, hey, I mean – uh, I, I loved the quote that you guys um, that, that that came out from from the interview with Matt yesterday. Passion in a box, and and that is funny. Yeah. I chuckled when I heard when I heard that, and I thought that that's a perfect analogy for for uh, you know that that for exactly what you've infused in the last couple of years. So well, uh, the, yeah, I mean that's thank you. That's um that's what I was what I feel like. I'm so privileged to have been able to have um, done this. Uh, as a job, uh, it's incredible. Right? People pay you to do this. Don't tell that your bosses, but you'd most likely do it for free. Yeah. Um, but you know, the upshot is we get paid for it, and that's a real privilege. And with that privilege, um, there was obviously a lot of responsibility. But I, 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 because I loved it so much before it was even my job, I had I had passion, and then the the opportunities I got thanks to Hobby King really ignited that passion and gave me the ability to do. So many things that I've never been able to have done in RC before. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, a lot of passion comes from that, 
uh, you know, gratitude um, and for the, you know, the love of the hobby. It's a great, great hobby. Yeah, the really, crazy, really good. The crazy hobby. thing is, we were we were actually talking about you on our uh, last podcast, and you know, we were reminiscing in the early days of, of uh, flight test when you know Hobby King sponsored them, and it's it's crazy if you think back, you know, five six years ago, the some of the planes that you know Hobby King was putting out, and I can remember back in the day some of the stuff that they'd get in, and, and we'd just go like, we're not even going to review that. You know what I mean? It was. They were so bad, and then when the Durafly line came on, I remember we got some of the first Warbirds, you know, with the with the details and the retracts and the flaps and the lights, and and they started coming around, and they flew pretty good. They weren't great, but they flew really good. But they had all the details and everything that a lot of other companies didn't have. And and now you we see what you've done with the Durafly line and how far it's come and what you've done for Hobby King, and it. I'll be honest, man, it kind of saddens me because I've, I've seen what you've done and, and we have a great product that you're putting out and, uh, you know, it's, I, I don't know, I'm kind of bummed about it. I, I'm wondering, what, you know, where they're going to go from here because it, you've stepped up the game so much for at least the Durafly line. And what I like about it, too, is, you know, we've, we've talked to, to you before about your, your passion and everything, but, you know, you're... You're one of the few people or, or person in a big company, corporate company like that, that kind of listens to the, the RC community, you know, and, and not, not against anybody else, but I know they're kind of limited on what they can do or, or the models, you know, that they can make and stuff like that. But it was really cool to see you be able to take a product and even make it better and listen to the community. That, that's something that really doesn't happen anywhere else. Yeah, well, it's... Um I, again, it's the company gave me the ability to do that. It's um, for for all of the the rumors. It's a, it's actually a very exciting uh, a company to work for, and uh, they give you a, enough rope to either hang yourself or really have a good time. And fortunately, I had a really good time. Right. Um, and brought you know. And the happy coincidence is the things that I think are really cool seems a lot of other people think are really cool, and you know. The magic being that you can box that coolness up and sell it to people, and, and they can buy it. And hey, presto, you got a business model. Right. Um, so that's a very fortunate position. But uh, for me, I always thought it was best to just be yourself and put yourself in the products and in your projects, and then to have a company that allows you that freedom of expression. Um, I, f- I found to be a very refreshing thing. And in the industry, uh, like you said yourself, there's there's not so many companies that have the ability to do that or allow the staff to do that. Uh, and and we, we just ran with it. And, um, yeah, people, I guess, warm to it. It comes down to the fact that we're, we're not we, – we've never put ourselves out there as pro pilots or anything like that. Right. We're, we're, we're pilots just like all of our customers. Mm-hmm. We crash just like all of our yes. customers. Yep. We, we have the same amount of trials and tribulations of all of our customers. Um and it's that grassroots approach that came. We try to get across in our shows. In I try to push across in the Durafly range. Um, so that's what I mean when I really put myself into those those things. And yes, letting that go is actually the hardest part of this entire process. Not letting it go as a um, as a belief system, but as as an actual physical entity, as you know, as a model on a table, as a as a project in a project pipeline, as a brand. Um, Letting those go, letting my babies go free, 
into the wild on their own. Uh, yeah, it's that kind of thing. Hey, I'm getting all emotional again. Uh, um, you know, seeing what you guys put out here just recently, is this the most product uh, that you guys have put out in this short of a span? Yeah, we've um, we. I think, like most people, uh, the multi-rotor quad racing wave came came f- through the industry, mm-hmm. and I think that's peaked now. And yes, uh, various companies are choosing what direction to go in. And and for us, um, it's a case of getting back to our core um, business models in terms of customer base, which is uh, planes predominantly. Um, so that's why you've seen a lot from us. And you'll continue to see a lot from us in in that respect because we're going hard and fast in, in that area. It, I mean, it's not it's not a trade secret. I mean, you can see, you can gather that for yourself just by looking, as you mentioned, the amount of stuff we're putting out there. So um, it's uh, that's that's really what we're, we're going for, and it's the stuff that we love most. It's the stuff that we we genuinely love the most. Um, and in, I'm passionate, but there's a whole load of passionate people here in this company, and um, I think that's a good thing to have in any company. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I Honestly, I, I haven't really talked to you or Chad with you much since uh, the last podcast or even since you put the video out or anything, but is there anything that you can tell us, you know, for your future, uh, what you might be doing? Are you staying in the RC industry? Are you going out and going back into the movie stuff? I mean, or maybe you don't even know. I, I don't know. Um, I'm... I'm definitely taking a break. Mm-hmm. Uh, def- definitely need that with the family. Um, that's first and foremost. I- I'll never leave RC uh, as a hobby, right. and um, I'd like to not leave it uh, leave it as a industry either. Uh, I don't think I will. What I'm, I guess I'm hoping is that we'll, we'll see what comes up uh, after I've had a bit of a break. Um, but uh, yeah, kind of winging it, winging it at the moment. As they say, mm-hmm. and hoping for the hoping for the best. Uh, but certainly, the funny thing is, when I put the video out the other week, the announcement, um, it was almost reading like an obituary. <laughs> People saying, "Oh, you know, it was a really great guy and such a friendly uh, person, to, <laughs> right. and all, all of this, which is really nice." Yeah, I was like, Guys, I'm, <laughs> You're like he's I'm, not, I'm not dead. I'm not dead. Oh <laughs> man. That's that's that was it. It's like the first thing we such you, a loss broke, and all of that. <laughs> yeah, you know we're gonna miss him. No, yeah. it's like the first thing I guess is you better not drop off the radar. You know, like um, no, um, you know when you relocate to Europe, you better be you know calling in frequently on this show because we enjoy the heck out of you, man. Yeah. Well, if if, if I can still provide some kind of interest, then then I will do because I, I enjoy, it. I love it, and I'll still be modeling anyway. In, well, this uh, is it. This is it. That's never know? gonna stop. Right. It's, My wife knows be... that, and she's accepted that now. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know what? We, we've taken a few questions as we're going in. So, do you want to take okay. a few uh, fan questions? Because sure. we've got people watching the live stream. The first one that popped up, and I didn't get the person's name, but anyhow, of course, it's the it's the predominant question. If you had to pick your favorite Jurafly model, and I know that's like telling you to pick your favorite child at this point, you know, yeah. what would it be? Uh, Jurafly model. Yes, um, sir. We're going to narrow it down. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I love, as a warbird, the Spitfire is my favorite warbird, oh, wow. uh, the Mark V, because um, it's such a sweetheart. If you want out-and-out warbird, go for the P40, but if you want a warbird that's actually a real pussycat, get the Spitfire. Avios, uh, for sports model, sorry, 
I'd have to say the tundra, just yes, simply because it's all good, Steve. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, just because it, it, well, you, you can do anything with it, you can take it, yeah. and I've taken it all over the globe. Yes. And in any location, it's at home, and I, I really like that. You can be at a club, the most polished club in the world, or the the the, the junkiest strip of land mm-hmm. you could find anywhere. <laughs> exactly. And and it's like, yeah, what else you got? It loves it. Exactly. Um, Really, really proud of that one. Probably the most proud of that, uh, most proud of that one than I am any any other of the projects that that, that I've worked on. I've had actually, I had fun with the Tundra on the weekend. They're trying to do some of those, uh, you know, short takeoffs, especially the loop. The loop is nerve wracking, my friend. Oh, it's, it's, it's awful, isn't it? On the skis. you come down to that 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 last part, and you're like, "Well, I'm very low, and I'm still pointing downwards." <laughs> I just blip that throttle and yank yeah. on the elevator yeah. and oh, hope it comes you know, through. And, and it was like, I want to do the short end in the snow. And I'm like, oh, that was too. I had to do it. But I was like, I did it. I did it. I did it. And every time I fly this plane and every time I do something, I'm pushing myself. I mean, that's the plane that I've gotten really comfortable in doing inverted flight and stuff like that. Because yeah. I know it is so reliable and so predictable. Yeah, that's um, it, it is. And. Um, it, it came actually, the inspiration for that, I mean, uh, I love stall models, but I don't know if any of you saw, I've got on my RC Groups blog, I've got um, some pictures, and one of them is, is from our wedding, and I had a, a multiplex fun cup, and I, I really, really like that model, um, and I felt like I could offer something similar, but with the improvements that I would want to have, would have wanted to have seen in that model. So... Um, I went ahead and, and did it, and that's again the great privilege that I had that I was able to do that uh, at Hobby King. I, I never would have had the opportunity anywhere else um, in the past. So, uh, yeah, the Tundra for the win. You know, I'm I'm surprised, and maybe maybe the Tundra was kind of you know the early stages of it was in your head for a long time. But you know, after it came out and knowing your background and and having a wedding photo with the fun cub in it and everything, I'm surprised that something like that didn't come out earlier. But did, was it always in your head like I, I'm going to make this airplane? It's something I always wanted to do, but we were. Warbirds were more popular than, than sports models at the time, for us mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I came to the brand, I still had a lot of projects that I inherited. And I just had to try and make as, as uh, I had to get them as good as I could get them for what they were and then just take it from there. So it was only really, because remember the Tundra, I started, all those projects I would have started work on a year and a half before they, they hit market. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's always a bit of a long road with these models, um, but I'm just so glad I managed to get it out when I did. And yes, to answer your question, I had always intended to do something like that. Uh, and as soon as I was given the chance and had the time for it, I, I ran with it. Right. All right. Here's my other question for you is like I was into the fast planes. I was into the Warbirds until I actually seen my first kind of high-powered, home-built, high-wing-type trainer that was just doing anything and everything and taking off and landing in a foot, and I was amazed. And that was even before the Fun Cub came out. Now, the Fun Cub came out, obviously, and it was one of my favorite planes, just like you you talked about. And now we, we have a variety of them coming out. I'm starting to see a change with especially where we fly and a lot of the guys I fly, it was the same thing. They wanted the fast planes. They wanted the warbirds. But then I slowly start bringing out these high-wing, fly-anywhere type planes, you know, the Tundra, the Timber, the Fun Cub, uh, the Sport yep. Cub. 
and they're like, you know what? That looks interesting. I can fly. It don't matter if it's windy, if there's no wind, you know, if the field's not mowed or whatever. You know, if I want to do aerobatics, if I want to fly slow, I'm slowly seeing this transition now to where just about everybody I fly with now at least has, you know, a, a tundra or a timber or fun or something. And I'm starting yeah. to see that that convert. Has has anything like that happened with the guys or where you fly at that field? Uh, there's certainly a lot of tundras here. Um, I think it's like a it's like the local football team. It's it's the one that everyone wants to support. Mm. Um, but uh, I I think there's been more of a change in in general. Steve, what do you think? Quick question: Do you think like stall and high wing type models have have um, if you just want to come in a bit there have uh, have gained more popularity? Oh yeah, yeah. So just the, for the coming years. Yeah, I mean. Everyone is um, is making those big wheel planes now. From mm-hmm. you know everyone. Yeah, there's Dynam stuff. There's yeah, E Flight. There's everyone. Yeah. Flex yeah. Innovations has got that fantastic yeah. assessment yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. So it's 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 the place to be. It's that. it's one of those one of those waves, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's um you can tow a glider. You can land on water. You can fly at night. It's where it's at. Yeah. And you can fly out of a park. And in really strong winds. Um, yes. The slope site yes. down down. Where is that slope site? Uh, Dy. Yeah, northern beaches. Yeah, in Sydney. in Sydney, beautiful, beautiful site. You would have seen it there. Um, we've been down there in like thirty mile an hour winds plus, and I'm just there, mm-hmm. just hovering. Yeah, the the, the the tundra, and then sloping it as well. Yeah, yeah. it's just and, great. And you can, you know, easily just adapt it for anything you want. And, mm-hmm. you know, Floats, you skis, tow yeah. a banner. There's heaps. Of yeah, things you can do. It's uh, yeah, I think that I think I think that's it. It's that broad appeal. Yeah. and if you want to update it and make it fast and yeah, and do the forest or whatever. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, we agree. There's, there's definitely been something there. Uh, hang on, so Steve, you got that little Phillips screwdriver? <laughs> Sorry, Man, I, I told, I told you we'd be doing it on the fly. Here. That's fine. That's fine. So, so speaking of the tundra, have you got any early numbers from the coloured uh, batches yet? Uh, I, I think it's a slightly unfair thing to call, simply because. We had a little bit of a problem getting the blue and red one in stock at the same time as the other oh, two. Oh, okay, um, yeah. So the gate wasn't the yeah the the, the, yeah. the start line so wasn't, wasn't the same, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't a fair a fair deal in that respect. But the the actual surprise was that the orange and grey was the, the most popular one thus far. Even though you know the blue and red is on is on sale in some warehouses, just not all of them. <laughs> um, and that in real life it really pops you can't really see it in the pictures but it's really fluoro um, and uh, it was the surprise when I saw it and it turned up because Toby our VP or I think it was Toby and Ian uh, Ian's our category manager for planes and Toby's our VP they wanted grey and then one of them wanted orange so we thought we're, okay we'll combine them yeah. and when it came in I was like damn that's that's, that's really hot looking. That is, yeah. It, of all the ones that I, I, I really liked uh, that color combination. Of course, the green is still nice, but you know, um, that one, that one, like you said, like it just, it just had that modern flair to it. It looked like, you know, like something like a McLaren or something like that. That's got that yeah. nice popping orange color. So, yeah, um, that, yeah uh, exactly. It, it so. worked. It worked out well. I like all of them in reality, but. Um, I guess there's one for every every person, which is the idea. It was, it was a celebration of the 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 year anniversary, and okay, we wouldn't normally done that for any old model, but because it, <laughs> yeah, because it really hit a note with the community. We really wanted to, you know, put some variety out there and celebrate that fact. And 
and, and it's yeah, it's, it's been well received, so we're very pleased. I, I'm I'm waiting very patiently for the uh, for the gray inserted. Uh, uh, but the new wheels to come out and I definitely gonna be picking up one of those reversing ESCs for mine because that just looks like too much fun well we uh, we had the reversing ESCs on uh, on the bush mule as well um, mm. we, we had that here but it's um, it's gone in another vehicle now and reversing right. on that is fun because you can slam it into reverse the towel goes down then it's nose up as it's reversing <laughs> yeah. then you flick it you flick it into forward again and before it even moves forward, you then go full flaps, full throttle, and it just takes off kind of like... So it's sitting on a tail like that, and it just takes off like that. Oh, oh I tell you, as soon as we started talking about that, as soon as the daily came out, my email lit up like crazy, and my, my private messages, did you see the bush mule? Did you see the... I'm like, of course I saw the bush mule. You guys all know how much I enjoy flying twins, you know. So that one, that one will be high on the uh, the radar for for. I mean, as much as I love my my Sky Mule, the extra landing gear uh, clearances and and the floats and that. Because even the, in the weekend, we were trying to fly it, and the snow was so sticky that there's. Yeah. I got a photo of the snow. The nose is just buried in the snow because it just takes off and goes and gets sucked in. Yeah. Like, ah, so you know with the flaps and everything. So it's uh, it will be very interesting to see. Pardon me to see how that uh, that airplane evolves and performs. Well, it was a uh, sorry. I'm trying to take uh, a super secret model uh, apart at the same time. Um, yeah, it's um, it had a nice bit of versatility in the first place, and uh, and because we were fortunate enough that we, oh, well, I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to make the improvements that I wanted. I got permission to do a V2. Um, and uh, calling it the Sky Mule wasn't enough, so we added Bush to the title, and now we have the Bush Mule, yeah. which is quite apt, I think. Yeah, those big tires, it just it must stand considerably higher um, than the Sky Mule. Yeah, it does. It, it really does, actually, um, which uh, is, is great for running through the long grass. I don't know if you can see over there, but this field has a long grass boundary. Yeah. And I just I just ignored the the cut runway and I was just doing my takeoff and landings from the, <laughs> the stuff from the long stuff. The only problem is that was getting into the propeller and I ended up with all this like extra shrouding around my propeller hub. Oh, uh, making this in, noise in the, and everything. Yeah. 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 And then the whole front of your plane turns green. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I've done that one. Um, does, with the extended, actually, with the undercarriage, are you able to finally fit that um, that uh, candy dropper module in now? Uh, I've never actually even tried, to be honest. But um, it's uh, you can uh, strap one on there, I'm sure. Uh, but what it has got, it's got an internal cargo door now. Yeah, off uh, the back. Well, this is so this is like you can utilize that. This is like James' epitome, like his his ultimate airplane based on the thing that I, that that first cargo plane that I scratch built years ago. He says, I want the drop off the back and I want the belly hopper, you know? And it was like, yeah. you know, and it, it flew maybe a few times and then I just, I, I pull drive it trying to launch it in the wind one day because I'm like, okay, land a year. And so he thought the Sky Mule was going to be the solution, but it sounds like the Bush Mule is going to be uh, the ultimate for him. Yes. And uh, on a personal note, I, I like the, the look of the um, twin otter. Yeah. Um, so by moving that gear there, you, you get that twin otter type look. Um, and I was fortunate enough to go on a float plane to a tropical island for our honeymoon. Uh, that was a twin otter on floats. So that really inspired me. I was like, yep, definitely got to do something like this. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's a good one. I look forward to you guys seeing that. Yeah. Okay, Stuart, I got a big question for you. 
Mm -hmm. um, I love the Horizon Hobby Ultra Micro planes they put out, especially the Warbirds they've been doing recently. They finally got smart. Obviously, they put in the brushless motors and, and upgraded to a Did you see the Wildcat that they just announced? Yes, and that's what I was kind of getting love. at a little bit. That thing yeah. looks amazing. What they did with the gear, I know Andre's laughing because uh, he doesn't want anything to do with it. But Yeah, we discussed that. I mean, it, it looks amazing, and I, it, I, I want to see it you know, firsthand and, and what it looks like. So my question is you, obviously you like the ultra micro stuff and what they've been doing in the detail. And you guys had some small ultra micro stuff out for a while. Matter of fact, somewhere, and I don't know where in my garage, I think I have one of the original little air, uh, or what was it? Rare bears. But yes. I, I'm curious. So did, did you guys think about maybe getting more into that market at all? Or it, uh, it's, just it's, something? Some, it's something that I've, uh, yeah, I mean, it is a, it's a, I think at the moment, I think it's pretty much a unique market to those guys. Others have, have gone there and produced some nice stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, in all honesty, those those guys do it best because they've got, I mean, by default, they've got the most experience of it mm -hmm. at the very least. Um, it's something I've always wanted to do, but I, I've never had the time. Um, these other things took priority. Uh, so um, that's all I can say. <laughs> I was just curious because, it, you know, like you said, they're, they're just in the last year, I mean, the detail and the way they fly and everything, they're getting so good now. Sorry, uh, Steve just wanted to bring uh, my, your attention to this one. Okay. This is the Voltager. Uh, he obviously had some time, <laughs> oh on my his, God. some time on his hand in the office the other day and uh, decided to cover it in all a surplus of stickers. Uh, and it actually looked really good in the air. Yeah. And he was... Um, just flying it, and you'll see it in this week's weekly update uh, going out in the next 12 hours or so. Oh, my God. Uh, but, yeah, micros, that's that's something I, I do enjoy per, on a personal note. Mm -hmm. One of my fondest RC memories is one of the original micros, which was the Kyosho Flybaby oh, uh, yeah. in Finland in, like, minus four or five degrees, uh, flying only for two minutes because the battery's mm -hmm. got so cold. Right. But just <laughs> cruising around it's beautiful and it all it did was fly in circles mm -hmm. slowly um but it was beautiful and then the, that same following year i went in the summer and because they have very long summers there uh, long nights there sorry i i remember coming out of the summer house and flying around the yard at 2 a.m in the morning on one pack the, the other extreme of it i was getting 15 minutes on oh this one gosh. 70 milliamp one s just just doing circles and mm -hmm. like I think I put an old bedstead on the in the middle of the garden. And I was doing touch and goes on this on this flat bit of board, and that was beautiful. But that's micros in the simplest form was just brushed yeah. in one cell, right. which I kind of really like. That serves I think those type of high wing and low wing slow models. But of course now with the warbirds, I understand going to to the two um, S to to the two S and the. Uh, and the brushless and like with the pits and aerobatic stuff. But really, I'm still mostly fond of the single cell brush stuff. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Um, let's see. We got a ton of questions here. I've got, I've got as long as my battery lasts. Okay. You let us know. <laughs> um, um, right now, what, what are we on? Well, we're on 27%. So oh, that's not good. We better start getting some that. questions in here then, huh? Uh, what do you Let's see how that goes in in the last six years? What do you think the biggest change has been 
in ERC? I mean, obviously, probably like the multi rotor stuff, but what, you know, what do you think? Um, yeah, multi rotors helped. Sorry, I've just moved the camera there. Multi rotors has, has helped move the whole industry along, not only in multi rotor fields, but especially for FPV. You've seen with some of the stuff we're putting out, and I've been working on that FPV is playing a bigger and bigger part in that. And uh, you be having your Spitfire. I don't know if you guys picked up on that. Uh, what I'm hoping you'll see there is that really featuring quite heavily in the success of that model because at that level, I don't think it's been done before. And I hope, and it seems that's the way that people are excited for, for the potential of that experience. Um, so, yeah, I want to immerse people as much as I can with, with the projects I've been working on, and I hope others will follow suit. That's a great thing. This is something you mentioned earlier, Chris, that... Uh, you know, in some cases we've been doing stuff that other people haven't. But what I'm really pleased to see is that other people are catching up and in some areas, and I hope to see them surpass us because I really love competition in the market. Right. It really drives the product. I mean, look at Flightline. Mm-hmm. They're doing some beautiful models. Really, really nice. Um, and I'm really happy to see someone else running with that. It's, it's good, good news all around, I think. Right, uh, and I think um, I think innovations like FPV will will seep into the wider RC world. So yeah, I think that's the big one for me and at the moment. Andre, so I, I go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I assume then you and Steve have probably had a when this decision was when you made this decision. I assume you and Steve sat down and you probably have just like dropped a whole stack of ideas on the man. <laughs> Or your, oh, yeah. your, your projects, your projects in the go. I know you've been busy with this year's projects, but I know you've had probably uh, probably a couple dozen aces up your sleeve at, for, for the company. But that must have been quite the briefing. Yeah, I mean, um, Steve. Now, uh, the projects that I've been doing and they're in mold now, and the ones that are, are going to be announced before I depart, they are um, they are at the stage where they're pretty much mass produced and that you, everyone will be able to enjoy those products right up until the end of the summer because obviously it takes time for these models to come out. Um, but yeah, at this point now, Steve Steve and I have had a chat and Steve, you've got some, you've got some corkers coming, right? Yeah, we've got some um, yeah, very He's very excited. It's, it, it's really nice to see. It's like I was when I first got the opportunity and it's really, really nice. So you, you'll, see, you'll see the trends continue. Steve's hot on RC groups like I am and mm-hmm. in all the other forums and social settings. Um, so that level of uh, support will continue uh, and, and interaction. And um, he's, he's been working with me now for uh, almost a year now, right? Yeah. yeah, almost a year. So he's seen how it's been done and mm-hmm. I, I try and take him out as much as I can whenever I'm testing stuff. And he's been testing other stuff as well. He's a better pilot than me, like I mentioned. So, um, yeah, he's um, he's going to be working on some real gems for you guys that you'll start to see probably around this time. Well, probably around early next year. That's when you'll start to see his first project, I would have thought. Okay. It usually so, takes at least a year to get, yeah. get from drawing board to to warehouse shelving. Nice. So what's... Go, go ahead, Chris. I was just curious. What's Steve's forte? I mean, what is his... Asher, what's he like to fly? Steve, what do you like most to fly? There we go. But um, saying that, since the years around the hobby itself, I've changed to a good sports fan. So I don't mind the odds. My favourite sport playing MSXR. 
probably because I'm a metal prick. But, uh, <laughs> right. yeah, it's, uh, it's just that, that cool look of the upturned wing and speed and maneuverability and stuff. But saying that, Spitfire's the best airplane ever made. Yeah, there we go. And we've got plenty of them. Did you guys get all that? <laughs> no, we didn't. It's Spitfire, Oh, you didn't? Ah, oh, Steve, you have to say it again. The tragedy. <laughs> too far away. Too far away. All right. So, uh, the question was, uh, Steve, what's what's your penchant? And the answer is? Uh, I'd say I've, I used to be a warbird only person. Uh-huh. But now moving into the sports plane and um, being a bit of a fan of Matt Hall with the MSXR. It's always He's in fun. Australia. Yeah, uh-huh. I can't help it. <laughs> um, and uh, I'd say the Spitfire is the best aeroplane ever made. Yes, I'd agree with that. It's the best looking aeroplane ever. And yep. You can't deny it. Yep. Might not be the best, but it is the best. Yeah. Um, but saying that, there's, you know, every aeroplane has its merits from a Cessna to a C-130. So I'd... this is why you can see that we do get along yeah, so well. I can and why, see that. Why you guys are in good, good, good hands. Yeah. I there's lots I, of Spitfires spit coming. I'm, I'm outnumbered here. All you guys are Spitfire, and I'm like, I'm not a big Spitfire fan, but because eh. <sighs> definitely what the market needs is more Spitfires right now. <laughs> I know a lot of people right. would say that. Yeah, well, so, it used to be Mustangs, right? And now it's Spitfires. Uh, is that everything, Steve, I think? Yeah. All right. Um, what we might do, I might ask Steve if I can hotspot off his phone before mine dies. And I can right. pull my laptop out. Um, so is that going to work if I break quickly and then come back on the call with my oh, laptop? Yeah. I, I think, think so. so. Yeah. We'll make it work. All right, because, Steve, you haven't got a charger for an iPhone 6, have you? No. Yeah. All right. And I stupidly I, left I my got laptop. one. I'll send it right over. <laughs> Virtually plug in. Uh, maybe just have you got a hotspot? Are you going to be? No, no, it's going to be. You won't be able to do it. All right. Okay. Well, we'll just see how far we go until it cuts off. All right. All right. So you were saying that Steve's a better pilot. So Stuart, then, then you know, on that note, what has been your biggest failure? Oh, hang on. I got. Sorry. I I just realised that I can't. I can't face that way because you'll see what's in the back of the car. <laughs> That's all right. You almost got me. Almost, almost. got me. Uh, can you hear all right? Yeah. yeah. It's a very bumpy road, as you can tell by the hula girl. So, um, <laughs> hey, the steering so, wheel's uh, on the wrong side. Yeah, I know, right? It's tragedy. Oh, we're just shutting the gate now. Sorry, that question again, please. Biggest failure. You're saying how Steve was a, a better pilot. You know, what has been your single biggest, you know, production or personal flight, you know, disaster kind of failure? Oh, there's so many to choose from. <laughs> uh, uh, I've, I'm trying to think of the most, well, actually most, quite recently, I quite spectacularly nailed an EF extra into an air gate. Um, Ooh, that was, that the, sounded beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it was the camera's fault because it was overexposed and I couldn't see it. Um, but um, I, I know there, there there is literally too many. Uh, when, when you fly as many as, as we we do um, on a daily and weekly basis, they, they it tends to just blur into into one fond memory of of carnage. Uh, no, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's been nothing that really sticks out. There's just general mayhem when testing. It's it's well, all about testing to destruction, right? Yeah, there you go. You, yeah, endurance testing. Well, it's it's funny because I think last year on one of our podcasts with you, you, you mentioned like you said, look, this is the beautiful thing about a foam airplane. Yeah, they cost a bit of money, but they're not. Um, 
they're not that 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 balsa build those hundreds and hundreds of hours so fly them hard and and it's funny i took that the heart and i started flying just a little bit more aggressively i mean i love my collection and my planes and everything and i don't want to hurt them but at the same time sometimes that it makes for the most amazing videos <laughs> yeah no no it, it absolutely does um but yeah like you said that's i wouldn't dream of flying the way i do with my composite or my balsa stuff it just gives you this this I, I don't know, like uh, real confidence, right? It just really makes you think, ah, oh, I'm at the top of the world. I'm indestructible. <laughs> of course you're not, and nor is the plane, but it makes you feel that way for a little while. Yeah. And hey, they fly better after you ding them up a little bit, right, Chris? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, know, you got to have a little, usually I you know, put a little hanger rash right on it, right off the bat in the beginning so I feel a little better and I, you know, I don't care if I get it dinged up. But well, That's the right. great thing about warbirds. It's, it's weathering at that point. That's right. That's right. Um, all right, I got a suggestion for you, Stuart. Um, when you get back home or wherever, and you get settled a little bit, you're gonna have to ring up David Vindenstoll because he's a for one, he's a big fan of yours. He really likes you, and two, we've you know, had, we've we've hung out. Yeah, I, exactly. And he, he said nothing but great things uh, about you and hanging out with you and a good time. Because one of his favorite stories was when. Um, I want to say, was it the, the EFX racer? I can't remember right yep. off the bat that he was uh, up with you at that show or whatever, and you just handed him the troll and said, you're going to fly that in the demo, and he was like, what? <laughs> and, I mean, the story behind it and how nervous he was and everything is hilarious because I'm sure at the time it didn't come off that way, but he, it, was, uh, it was a good story. Anyway, my point being is, you know, David's got this high-dollar slow-motion camera, and he likes to take it out and crash things with it. And we've been giving him all kinds of ideas of what to do with this thing in, in you know, different airplanes and situations. But his big problem is a lot of times is he doesn't have anybody to do both, you know, try to fly and set the camera up and everything. So you need to go down there and hang out for about a week and crash all kinds of stuff and let him get it on the slow-mo cam. I, I actually really like that. Um, yes, we did have a really nice time. He was over for our event we had in the UK. Mm-hmm. And we stayed in this cute little farm cottage and we got all cozy. And I think we had a really, really nice time. And he shot some planes with some uh, shotguns. Well, no, we shot them. He flew them. Uh-huh. He was our friendly Swedish test, test pilot. Yep. And, um, yeah, actually, I haven't spoken to him for a, a little while, but we, we still keep in, in contact and we've had nothing but good things to say about each other because I think we're genuinely, it comes back again to that passion thing. We both genuinely really enjoy it, yeah. enjoy this. So there's a lot of common ground there, but, um, he's in Sweden. I'll be in Europe. They are the same continent. I, if I had time for that, I'd actually love to make that happen. So you, you, you guys like matchmaking right now. So oh great. yeah. Oh yeah. I, I can see a good time, you know, with, uh, uh, you bringing some planes down or find you know, whatever. And he gets a slow motion camera out and, you know, there's going to be, and get some good crashing going on. There'd be some good stories there. That reminds me to look him up, but it's interesting. You mentioned that EFX story. I think that's probably because immediately before that, I asked him to hand launch the Durafly ME 163, mm-hmm. which is a lot of people know it's, is, you know, somewhat tricky to hand launch. Right. And, and well, it's easy for Steve. Easy yeah. Yeah, easy, yeah. Uh, and of course, as he launched it, it just torque rolled in. And uh, that's why I put the undercarriage on it. Uh, and then I said, oh, okay, well, that went well. Now I'll fly the EFX in front of everybody. Um, <laughs> no pressure. I, I think that's how that story went down. But he loved it, which is uh, oh, yeah. really pleased me. Really, really pleased me. 
Yeah, he, that's he, good uh, to hear from. It's good to hear from him. Yeah, he, he right away. You know, we were talking right after. He's like, "Oh my gosh, I flew this airplane. It was this EFX? This thing was amazing." I mean, he was going on and on, but then he, you know, told me the whole story about how he just threw him in there, and he's like, "Oh, I didn't know what to do." And these guys, they wanted me to follow him, and I was all nervous, and it was just funny. Um, I think it was the first time he'd flown like that. It was it was cool. It was a yeah, good story. Yeah, it was probably the first time he flew an airplane and not a tricopter for quite a while. So. <laughs> Hey, speaking of the 163, I know you guys kind of been teasing the uh, the red 163. Is that something that's going to be out real soon? Yeah, Steve's been flying it, the red one. Yeah. Yeah, the ground loves that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yes, yes, it is. Uh, very soon, I think, right, the, the red one? Yeah, very soon. Uh, it's almost in warehouses but just finishing the video on that and um, you guys will see that it's essentially the the same model except for uh, we we know now that it can run forest stock we've mm-hmm. widened the undercarriage on it so the 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 ground handling is actually i think markedly improved right yeah, especially on forest especially on forest yeah and it's big and red so yes nice. I, I mean i absolutely love that uh airplane i was bit, i've been on the fence with it for quite a while and i was like eh and now that the reds come out and it's got that you know the bright color and it's a little easier to see and the four cell now I'm definitely that's that's on the radar for sure. Yeah, that's that's not very far out at all. Uh, probably around the um, you got the T twenty eight coming very very soon. Mm-hmm. That's like a surprise announcement uh, just the other day. Um, the the Navy Cub, um, it's a V two of an existing J three Cub we have, but with an authentic. And, and uh, Navy scheme, not an L4 scheme, but an actual J3 military oh, scheme. okay. But not only that, that features, because it was, in my mind, built for it, but it didn't even know it. It features the, the pan and tilt module, mounting module inside. Because yeah. mm-hmm. FPV in that thing is incredible. You're, you're looking around and you're seeing the cabin struts and through the, the ABS oh molded uh, plastic, so it's very clear. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. Wow. So you'll be seeing that as, as, as well coming soon. Mm-hmm. Wow. They're all the H scheme. That one's H scheme. Yeah. Purify for the MB163 and Purify, of course, for the for the Trojan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Trojan looks. Of course, we talked about that. The yellow Trojan. I loved Chris. I don't know if you've seen the video, but that has an air brake up built into the bottom now. Oh, I didn't see that. Lap uh, a servo actuated air brake. That looks so cool. <laughs> oh wow. Huh. Yeah, that's a nice little small small details on that, mm-hmm. but uh, good ones. Hey, I know something uh, I wanted to bring up real quick, and I don't I don't know if a lot of people know about this. Uh, your actual start with Hobby King, like how you got your start, and you know I heard the you might have had a late night interview in a, a London pub or something <laughs> like that. So I think yeah. it's kind of interesting uh, how that all evolved. Yeah, there's there, there's definitely a whole story there. Um, I, I, you mentioned it, Chris. Some of you guys, some of the listeners might know. I worked in the film industry uh, right. on feature films as a post-production editor. So Pirates of the Caribbean, um, Harry Potter, James Bond, all, all those kind of things. And that's that's great. I mean, it's obviously where a lot of people want to be, but I, I just didn't want to spend the rest of my life in an expensive dark room. Mm-hmm. Um and I was scratching around a bit of a whip, like loose end, and then I just thought, well, let's just see what Hobby King are doing. You know, they're 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 in the news at the moment. They're everyone's talking about them, and they had a role for video. And I thought, okay, well, work in the film industry, I can do video. That's fine. 
And um, that was at the time that when you sent your CV, it went directly to Anthony. Uh, <laughs> so back in the good old days. Right. And um, to my surprise, I got a reply and he said, look, uh, we've got a video guy at the moment, but I really want videos to go in a new direction. Uh, and you're interested in RC. I'm going to be in London looking because I'm looking for a UK warehouse. Um, let's, 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 let's meet up. But the only time he could meet up was just bef- just as he landed. So I met him on on a, in a pub by the River Thames on the south bank of London. Uh, I'd just come from work. He'd just come from Heathrow after a flight from Australia. And he was out of it, like completely jet-lagged. Oh, my God. And as it turns out, that's the best time to have an opportunity with a C- uh, an interview with a CEO when they're completely jet-lagged. Um, <laughs> I had to buy buy the the lunch, uh, the dinner and, and beers. I might add, um, but it was worth it. Okay. And uh, then they took it from there. He said, "Right, you've got a degree. Um, do you want to come out and live and work in Hong Kong? I'll give you a small apartment." I was like, "Great, yeah. Why not?" Uh, and, and that's that's how how that went down. Oh All thanks God. to jet lag. Wow. The, the whole move over to Hong Kong and everything, that had to be a huge, huge change. Like, I personally, I don't think I could do that or handle that. I mean, how was that for you initially? It was, it's actually, it wasn't as hard as leaving, but that's because a lot more had happened since I'd been in Hong Kong. But um, my situation in my job, because I wasn't happy in my job there in London, and it was only me and my wife. We weren't. Even, we had just got married, and we were still living in a house here, so we had nothing to really mm-hmm. let go of. You can't. I don't know if people you guys know, but you can't ever buy a house in London. No normal person can buy, buy a house in London. It's, oh. It doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So you're all renting goods. So that was easy to let go of. And we were younger then. Um, we'd only just got married, so we thought, why not? My my wife did actually leave behind a very good career in retail management. Uh, she was paid far more than I. So she actually gave up a lot for this dream. And now that, that comes around, it's time for me to give a bit back in that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so in that case, the, the moves was relatively straightforward. I went there first for six months while she tied up her loose ends in London. And then she joined me after that. Um, then of course, we settled into life in Hong Kong somewhat. We had a kid. And that's why moving then again to Australia from Hong Kong was that much harder. because. Mm-hmm. You settle a bit more, you have a kid and everything else. And so now going from Australia back to Europe is going to be even harder, but it, it, it needs to happen. Right, right. So the, the move from Hong Kong to Australia, though, was that something you, – were you guys ready to get out of there and, and, and go somewhere and get a, oh, yeah. a change there, yeah. I take it? Yeah. A lot of people say, oh, yeah, I've been to Hong Kong. It's really nice. <laughs> and then we say, well, you never lived there, did you? And then <laughs> – but then it's a very different story. It's 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 very nice to visit, but it gets to you when you live there. Hmm. Oh, I'm on ten percent now, by the way. So all right, no problem. In, unless we can hotspot, you can't hotspot the. the damn it! Yeah. Uh, we'll get a few more questions in here, and uh, we'll let you go. Um, I, I'm curious with you guys. I remember b- back in the day before flight test became this kind of big giant. You know, uh, thing down here now, but when it was back in the, the the Chad days, and we were flying at his house, and we do a big shoot and shoot for two or three hours. The best part of it was afterwards, where we would just bring a, a car full of planes 
and we were all done shooting and we'd get some lunch or whatever and then all of us would just go out and we would just all hang out and fly and it was some of the most memorable moments I, I think I've ever had in you know flying and hanging out with my buddy so I was curious if you guys kind of do the same thing obviously you got to show up and and you you got a list of things you got to do and sometimes they work out and sometimes they don't we you know I know how that goes but afterwards you guys just normally hang out and just have a good time and fly and try stupid things like we did uh yeah we do when, when we could um a lot of the guys tend to get burnt out on it um throughout the week and then they'd want to do something else at the weekend but the, the few hardcore guys in the office myself included are just all about rc continually mm-hmm. especially in hong kong me me and paul the guy that uh, used to work for us who did planes yeah and byron who some of you guys might know right and then ben occasionally too mm-hmm. uh we would head out to the slope sites we really got into sloping in hong kong because there's some great slope sites there that was a lot of fun uh, so uh, when we can we we try to it's a little bit more difficult here in sydney simply because i steve for example he lives right out by the blue mountains which is all the way back there and um i live nearer to the city and i don't have a car so it's that much more difficult in a sprawling metropolis like this mm-hmm. but when i was out in new york with, with those guys it was much easier so yeah when the conditions were right yes we we, we do tend to do that again we're just regular rc guys mostly so that's what we'll naturally do yeah do you have uh any idea uh, i know when we were talking to you that the uh east warehouse just kind of shut down we really are only going to the west warehouse here in the united states do you know down the road or in the future are they looking to maybe put another warehouse anywhere around or possibly up in canada or anything like that to get more than one in the states we might have lost him. Yeah, we might have froze up here. Expecting. Oh, look at that. We might have got him back. Hold on. Stuart, you there? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. I, I hear him. Hey. I'm on 3G. So. <laughs> ah, okay. That's why right. <laughs> you dropped the network. The one dropped. that's a model <laughs> Yeah. Hey, so we're back. Okay, so. Uh, before before the connections dropped, Chris was asking you about the uh, the East Coast Warehouse. East Coast Warehouse. Yeah, do you uh, think yes, uh, we know it shut down everything? Do you think in the future they're, they're looking to maybe put another one up somewhere, uh, you know, or maybe even up in Canada or anything, or are they going to just strictly stick with the West, do you think? Um, I honestly haven't heard much about that at all. I know it closed. I know they're concentrating on just consolidating the west at the moment bringing stock from the east and putting it into the west and then after that I, I guess they have a, some other plans but beyond that I don't really know I think they maybe got on to the fact that I was leaving and they started showing me out of these types of meetings right well Stuart I think uh, the connection is getting a little iffy <laughs> um, I think uh that's probably about it for now. I think we're going to let you go, but we appreciate you reaching back out to us and uh, hanging out. Like I said, when you get back and figure out where you're going and settle a little bit, you're more than welcome to come back on, hang out with us. We're always just, you know, we like to bench fly, sit around, talk about our stories and our crashes and what's going on in the RC world and everything. And we know you, you like to talk about that too. So 
you're you're always have an open invitation with us to come hang out and you know thank you guys so we appreciate it and again we're sad that you're going to be gone but still uh you know it's a new chapter and it you know could be very exciting for you down uh in the future so uh stay in touch buddy yeah it is a new chapter certainly um we'll see what happens i i mean i think there's a lot of cool stuff coming up for everybody in, in the coming year um in, in every respect, but I'd, I'd love to come back, and uh, it'd be nice to do it just as a pure hobbyist, at right. least for a little while. And yep. Take it from there. Yep. Thumbs up on that, buddy. Yep, I agree. All right, man. Have a safe trip back uh, home, and we will talk to you soon. Hey, yes, and, take care, and guys. if and, you're in the, yep. uh, if you get into the into uh, North America, make sure you drop us a line. You know. You know, maybe late May or July. You never know, right? <laughs> I hear there's something going on there, right? Yeah. There is. All right. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I'd love to. I mean, excellent. I love those American events. Excellent. Excellent. All right, Thank man. You, Take guys. care. Bye. Talk to you soon. All right. There you have it. Stuart, uh, I wanted to come on and hang out with us and uh, show us some new products. So, that's it for us, man. That was good. Oh yeah, uh, hey, not little, bad. Little little, little late uh, last minute uh, bonus yeah, episode, bonus exactly. Podcast. So uh, thanks everybody for hanging out with us on Periscope. Hope you had a good time. Hopefully we answered uh, some of your questions, and um, we'll be back here. Looks like in another week or so, we'll be back with another podcast. So thanks for joining us. We'll see and talk to you soon. Good night. So,